ones can go and thank the Lord for Children's Church. Amen. Look at them all. There you go. God bless Sister Amy and her crew. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. We excuse our tripod here. We're going old school for a couple of weeks. Lightning storm came through a couple of weeks ago and kind of messed up our equipment. So while it's getting sent back and forth across the country to get replaced, we got to go back to the old tripod and whatever that thing is they got on there. Now, they told me not to move around too much, but, you know, that's um, they made the request. So you at home, if you don't see anything, just pay attention and listen because it's hard to stay within a couple of feet. Amen. I don't know about you, but it's hard to do that. Praise the Lord. And then at the end of service, as we're praising God, we're blessed. One of our, one of our, our, our young people, Justice, is going to get water baptized right after service. So we get to rejoice in that. So it's a good day. Amen. A good day. A good day, a good day. So, if you have your Bibles, if you would turn to Psalm 54. And I just want to encourage you with this. I think it's a simple message, but um, if we'll have an ear to hear, God enables us to take even simple messages and apply them to our life in fresh and new ways. Amen? He can give us a fresh understanding, a fresh implementation of sometimes a very familiar theme or scripture. And so we want to go to Psalm 54. And this is a Psalm of David. And we'll begin with verse number one. And the Bible says, Save me, O God, by your name. Vindicate me by your might. Hear my prayer, O God, and listen to the words of my mouth. Strangers are attacking me. Ruthless men seek my life. Men without regard for God. Verse four is going to be our theme this morning. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. Let evil recoil on those that slander me, and your faithfulness destroy them. And I will sacrifice a freewill offering to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me from all my troubles, and my eyes have looked in triumph on my foes. Go back to verse 4 one more time. This is going to be our, our verse. Surely God is my help, the Lord is the one that sustains me. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your great and precious promises. Help our faith come alive. Give us ears to hear and a heart that responds. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. I want to use as our title this morning, God is my help. God is my help. And our theme really is just to talk about the kind of help we have in the Lord our God. The background of our story is David is on the run. He's a fugitive from King Saul. And the Ziphites, another group of people, wanted to get favor with Saul, so they, they told Saul where David was hiding out. David, we see in verse 1, he's crying out. He's in trouble. And he's forced to cry out to the Lord and then wait on God to work. Listen, when you're in trouble, where you place your faith is all important. When you're going through something, where and how you express your burden will make all the difference. David had a proper response to his situation, to his enemies, to his difficulties. And that makes all the difference in his turnaround and in his ultimate victory. 
You see, in verse 4, we hear and we see the confidence of his faith. And this is, again, this is what turns it all around. Things hit him that he had no, he couldn't, um, he had no choice. These things hit him. And they just attacked him. But he had a choice in how he would respond to them. And he responds by trusting God and declaring the faithfulness of God and announcing my help comes from my God. And this morning, I just want to expound on this truth. We won't take long, but David said, surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me, keeps me up, and keeps me going. And, you know, that's a good model for us to have. It's a good response. In fact, you know, the Bible does teach us, and we know this, that it's good to have a proper confession of faith. We do it all the time. Even people do it, and they don't recognize they're doing it. How often do Christians say God is good? Well, you know what? That's Bible, isn't it? That is Bible, and that's a proper confession. God is good. It's good to confess that. How many times do people confess, God is faithful? Hey, that's our testimony. That's our song, is it not? And I mean, that's true, and that's Bible. Have you ever heard someone say, God is God? Now, hey, Psalm 46, be still and know that I'm God. Usually people confess that when they're at a point of almost despairing and kind of wondering, trying to wrap their arms around something because things aren't making sense. But this particular confession appeals to me. I'll tell you why. I found out in life, I don't know about you, but for every battle I have, maybe one out of 15, God just takes away. But the other 14, I've got to meet it, greet it, and defeat it. Can you say amen? I've got to face it. I've got to go through it. You, some of you here today are on the other side of a sickness, and you're getting the victory. But you had to go through those treatments. You had to fight that fight of faith. Others, you're coming out of debt and certain things like that. You had to tighten the belt. You had to address needs. You had to believe God till things started turning around. So I recognize as I walk this Christian walk, it's not a walk of denial. It's not a walk of escapism. We're not the first church or the ostrich. We stick our heads in the sands. The reality is we pray. And we should pray. We believe God and we should believe God. But sooner or later, honey, you got to wake up and smell the roses and meet the thing, attack the thing and address the thing. Can you say amen? And when that time comes, if you're a believer, you can confess, surely God is my help. I've got to face this situation, but God's going to help me to face it. I've got to deal with this issue, but my God's going to give me the strength I need to face it and to deal with it. I'm not just here to pray a prayer and then forget about life and hope it goes away. I'm going to say, devil, if you're coming against me, I'm standing firm in the faith. I'm going to believe God's promise and the God that brought me this far, he's going to bring me the rest of the way. Because God is my help. I might have to weep some tears and I might have to go through some lonely nights, but i got news for you. When the smoke clears, He's going to give me the victory. The Bible says the battle is the Lord's battle. I'm going to trust Him, believe Him, and work with Him to see the answer come. Again, there's something powerful in those words. Surely God is my help. That's why I don't got to give in to that cussing. I don't got to give in to that despair. God is my help. I didn't say it's trouble free. I've got to face an ugly thing tomorrow. But God will help me. God's going to be with me. God's going to give me the grace I need. I don't preach escapism. That's not Bible. I preach an overcoming gospel, but that is Bible. Can you say amen? He said, in tribulation, in distress, in persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loves us and helps us and brings us through. 
Again, we live in a world where religious people, you know, people that really don't know God, they, they speak in religious cliches. They might have got it off Oprah or something, but I don't know they got it cliches. They, they heard it, but it's not God. You know, it's not Bible. They talk like they know God, but you know them if you, they're not born again. Can, I say, can you say amen? Hollow spiritual talk. Cliches. Sometimes they think it's Bible. It's not even Bible. Every talking people, I go, that's not in the Bible. That's the funny pages, brother. Come on. God said to Brother Shambach one time, you know like the Bible says, grin and bear it. He says, grin and bear it. He said, brother, that's not in the Bible. That's in the funny pages, man. No wonder why you're such a mess, man. You don't know, you, you, you don't know Bible from Beetle Bailey. No wonder why. Oh, Lord, have mercy. But to you and I that really know the Lord, I'm talking to sincere believers that walk with God. We can say these words with a confidence, with an assurance, with a boldness, with a certainty. We can declare these words while we're facing things we'd rather not face, but we have to face. We can declare these words when we're rebuilding areas of our lives that we wish had not gotten hurt, but they'd gotten hurt. And instead of just bearing it, we're going to rise again and believe again and build again for the glory of God. We can declare these words while we're enduring and it feels like our strength is getting weak, but then we realize there's another power sustaining us and keeping us strong and keeping us steady. It is the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead and it dwells in us. From a burning heart to settled faith, we can face the storm, the trial, the temptation, surely knowing our God is our helper and our God is our strength. When the attack comes, you and I that know the Lord, we can be strong. We can stand strong. When the pressure mounts or the disappointments multiply, we can remain steady and secure. The Ziphites might slander us and they're out there. And souls of life might pursue us and try to accuse us. But we that know the Lord, let me say that again, but we that know the Lord shall not be moved, but we can stand firm and declare the faithfulness, the goodness, and the help of the Lord our God. So I pray let us, and let our faith be strengthened this morning. God is our help. The battle is the Lord's. Let us believe it. Let us declare it. And let's live differently because of it. Can you say amen? What kind of help is our God? That's good. God is our help. What kind of help is the Lord our God? Number one, I present to you that our God is a present help. Somebody say a present help. He's faithful and He's available. Most of us are familiar with Psalm 46. God is my refuge and God is my strength. A very... That was weak. Let's try it one more time. God is my refuge and God is my strength. A very... He's a present help. Like the one brother says, He's a right now God. Ha ha. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, it's frustrating to look to man, isn't it? They can disappear. They can forget. Even good men are limited men. They can be a no-show. But the Lord, He is a present help. In fact, you know, one of the names in the Old Testament that God gave to His people to communicate who He was and to try to reveal His will and desire to them was Jehovah Shammah. And it simply means the Lord is there or the Lord is here. I thank God this morning that the Lord is here. 
Somebody you need to know Jesus is here. He's got a word for you. He's got a touch for you. He wants to lift you up. He wants to refresh your soul. He wants to work in your life. He's a God that is not far away. He's not a God that's distant. But He's a right now God. What a source. What a courage. What a strength we have. Jesus said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Friend, that means through every battle, through every trial, long days, lonely nights, in the courtroom, in the classroom, room, in the hospital room. He is there. Emmanuel, God with us, God for us, a God that strengthens us, a God that is the glory and the lifter of our head. He lifts us up and He keeps us going. He is a very present help. Can you say amen? Two thoughts underneath it. He's a present help. Therefore, you must know that your circumstances cannot and will not hinder the help of the Lord your God. Paul wrote in Romans 8, he said, I'm convinced neither death nor life, angels or devils, things present nor future, powers, height nor death, nor anything, anything else in all creation is able to separate you and I from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Oh, what a thought. God promises I'm here and I'm with you. Even when circumstances try to lie to you and tell you otherwise, your God is a present help. I mean, when I'm going through it, I don't need a telegram from Western Union. Can you say amen? I don't need well wishes from Albuquerque. I need a right now God. I need someone that can help me in the now. You know, we, we, we spoke a little bit last week. Uh, years ago, I had some minor surgery. Now, it got infected and it wasn't so minor anymore. Amen. What do they say? Minor surgery is surgery someone else is having. Isn't that right? All right. This is a minor surgery. It got infected. Minor no more. And you know what? And they needed to find my surgeon. And they couldn't find him. He's out. His nurses couldn't find him. There was a breakdown of communication. They're calling his office. They're calling the hospital. Amen. And meanwhile, he's out in South Bend, Indiana watching his daughter run track. She went to Notre Dame. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm dying in Elmira. I don't need a helper in South Bend, Indiana. Isn't that right? I mean, man, I, I'm there, and this thing's getting worse, and I'm at the point I think I'm seeing Jesus begin to do this to me. You know what I mean? Come to the other side. And I'm saying, Lord, have mercy. And they couldn't find him. I found out right there and then I need a present help. Amen? I don't need well wishes. I don't mean I'll send the check is in the mail. Don't need the check in the mail. I need some help now. Oh, yeah. When you're finding and fighting your battle of faith, recognize your circumstances can't hinder His help. And remember, His silence doesn't mean that He's absent. Oh, no. See, faith has to understand this. It's sometimes that the seemingly inactivity doesn't mean that He's stopped working on your behalf. It just means He's taking you deeper. It just means He's making you stronger. You remember how Jesus said to the disciples one time, let's go over to the other side. Now, last week we talked about Him on the mountain praying and there in the storm. But the other time, when He's with them in the boat, and they're in the boat, and then the Bible says unexpectedly, it surprised them, it caught them off guard. 
a terrible storm swept down upon them. And the problem was for the disciples, Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat. I mean, they're going down for the third time. They're professional fishermen that are fearing for their life. And somehow they get gripped with fear and they begin to accuse Jesus. Lord, don't you care? Can't you see we're going to drown? You know, friends, fear and frustration makes us do and say some funny things, doesn't it? When we allow fear and frustration to grip our heart, we say things are out of character. We do things that we know better as children of God that we ought to do. But we know the story. Though they were fearful, and the whole time Jesus was never out of control, and His precious ones were never out of His care. Precious one, you listen this morning. It might seem like heaven is silent, but heaven hears your every cry. Heaven sees your every tear. It might seem like heaven is not working in your situation. But I come to tell you, He's working in your life. You might not see it, but God is a faithful God. God is a good God. And if you belong to Him, He's working, He's working, He's working. And at just the right time, Jesus will arise, just like He did in the book, and say, Peace, be still. In one word from the Savior, and the storms laid down and saluted the Master and Creator of the heavens and the earth. He's a right now God. And what kind of help is He? He's a present help. I don't need help five states away. I need a present help. And we need to confess that. We need to believe that. Now, I want to teach you something here. Hebrews 13. Is it 13? Yeah. Hebrews 13. Look at these verses. I want you to notice something. Because we began by saying, this is a declaration we can have. You know, when you first get saved, you've got to retrain your brain, don't you? The Bible talks about the renewing of the mind. But not only do you got to retrain your brain, you got to retrain your mouth. Because the Bible speaks about confessing the word, not confessing my doubt and my fear. And sometimes we hear things and we just think, well, that's all, you know, hyper faith preaching. But we don't go to the Bible. It's in the book. I hear someone preach. I go to the book, right? And we need to be able to declare when trouble comes, God is my help. I'm not saying I'm not going to go through it, but I'm going to go through the strength and help of my God. And I'm going to come out the other side as more than a conqueror. It doesn't mean I get to avoid things. That's not Bible. But I have someone that's with me every step of the way, a faithful helper. Now, keep your lives free of the love of money. Be content with what you have. Here we go. Because God has said. I want you to underline that thought. Because God has said. Who said it? Never will I leave you. Put your name in there. Never will I forsake you. Because God has... Can God lie? Now, God God has said, I'm a present help. I'll never leave you. And I'll never forsake you. You might not feel the goosebumps all the time. And I love goosebumps like the next guy. Amen? But you can't always feel them goosebumps, can you? But faith has a knowing. God said it. He cannot lie. God is with me. But because He said it, the next verse, He's going to say, Because I said it, why don't you say what I say? Here we go. So we say with confidence, we just read, because God has said, 
God has declared, God has given you and I a precious promise that we can wrap our arms around, that we can receive comfort, courage, and strength from every day of our lives. God has said, surely I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Because you have that promise, because you have that assurance, you can say this with confidence. You can declare, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man, what can life do to me? Isn't that wonderful? Listen, we speak because God has spoken. We're not just speaking anything we want, but when we go to the Word of God and we read the revelation of God, we can declare the truth of God. Can you say amen? When we go to the Word and we read the precious promises that God has for those that He loves, His dear ones, we can receive that promise in our heart, but then the Bible says we can also speak it confidently with our mouth. We can face the storm realizing the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man. What can this storm, what can this tribulation, what can this trial do to me when the Almighty holds me and the Almighty shields me and the Almighty carries me every step of the way? Can you say amen? When we walk by faith, it's a growing process. We never arrive, do we? Some of us have been walking this thing a long, long time. And we grow. If you're not growing, you're dying. We're all growing. And one of the things we constantly have to do in the walk of faith is we have to readjust perspectives and adjust confessions. I read a story, i never forget it. It's a cute little story about a little guy that had to learn to adjust or change his perspective and adjust his confession. A lot of times if we're going to walk with God, we need to learn what God has said and we need to align our words with the Word of God and declare it. And I think this is a great confident builder. The Lord is my helper. That gives me confidence and courage to face what I have to face. There was a little guy, you know, five or six years old, and like a lot of us did that liked baseball. He went in his backyard, and he had the bat and the ball, and you throw it up, and you give it a crack, and you're Willie Mays, and, you know, you're Reggie Jackson and all that. Amen. Anybody ever do that? Sure. Right? And, then you take the, and then you take the ball afterwards, and you're throwing it on your roof, and you're making the game-saving catch, and all that fun stuff we did as kids. All right. So anyway, this little guy, he had to play the ball. He says, I am the greatest batter in the world. Throws it up. He misses it by a mile. Strike one. He's undeterred. He's got a little persevering little guy. I am the greatest hitter in the world. Strike two. Misses again. Happened a third time. He, declaring it. I am the greatest batter in the... He missed it. But you know what? Without, without missing a beat, he dropped the bat. He picked up the ball. He says, I am the greatest pitcher in the world. He learned you got to change your perspective and your confession sometime, don't you? Amen. You know, you might feel in your heart someone don't love me and this and that. And I'm, I'm mud and, and I'm this and that. But no, no, no. Change that perspective. Change that confession. Declare the good word of God. You are precious. You are loved. You are more than a conqueror. And greater is he that's within you than he that's in the world. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Number one, our God. What kind of help is our God? He's a present help. Number two, what kind of help is our God? He's a powerful help. Omnipotent, all-powerful. The Bible teaches this truth again and again. The God you and I serve is the Almighty God. El Shaddai, all-sufficient one, all-powerful, all-authority, completely sovereign. So not only do we have a present help, 
We have a powerful help that can meet our needs and give us the grace that life demands for every occasion. The Bible tells us our God is able, powerful. He's able. He's capable. He's able. You know, the Bible says that our God is able to keep us from falling. That's in the book of Jude. Isn't that wonderful? Doesn't that give you security? Doesn't that tell you you're going to be a finisher by the grace of God? That your God is able to keep you from falling. You're going to make it. You're going to finish the course. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians that our God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond what we can ask or think. Our God is able to help us to accomplish our task and reach our goals. And He's able. And we should have an expectation of heart as we serve the Almighty. Mighty God that is able to anoint us and give us what we need to accomplish the task. You know, the Bible says our God is able. This is in 2 Corinthians 9. Our God is able to make all grace abound to you. Abound. That means overabundance. I mean, just lavish it on you. Our God is not cheap and our God He's not lacking anything. Amen. And when we read that, somebody get ready for the blessing of God. Get ready for the intervention of God. Get ready for the visitation of God. The Bible says our God is able to make all grace abound unto you. God is able to lavishly meet your needs and lavishly give you what you need to fight this fight and finish this work. You know, the Bible says, that our God is able to bring you and I through the fiery trials of life. We touched last week on that exciting story from Daniel 3 and the three Hebrews. And you remember the story when they got thrown into the fiery furnace. But before they got thrown into that furnace, that evil king Nebuchadnezzar, he asked the question. He says, now, what God is able to deliver you from my hand? And friends, he found out and we found out our God is able. Can you say amen? There is a God that is able to keep us. There is a God that's able to heal us. There is a God that's able to work in our lives. There is a God that's able to heal wounded hearts and set us free from the heaviness. There is a God that is able to walk with us and talk with us through every trial and every testing of life. His name is Jesus. Can you say amen? Oh, somebody, I want you to know He's a powerful help. You can trust Him. You can expect Him. You can believe in Him. He is able to defeat your giants. He is able to carry your burdens. He is able to supply all your needs. He's able to bring you through the thing you're facing right now. He is able to heal your body. He's able to fill you with this power. He's able to give you grace to run the race. He's able to complete the good work He's begun in your life. Somebody give Jesus a praise. Hallelujah. A powerful help. A powerful help. He says to you and I this morning, my name is El Shaddai, the Almighty God. Therefore, child, don't doubt me. Don't limit me. But call on me and trust in me and watch me work in your life. He's a present help. What kind of help is our God? He's a present help. Isn't that wonderful? Glory to God. Hey, hallelujah. Present help. How many times, back home, how many times some, 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 some guy's not too bright. His car's not starting. You know, it's five degrees below zero. He's starting. You, you, got, you got any jumper cables? Yeah, but they're in the garage. They ain't doing you no good here, brother. They're not going to help you here. You know what I mean? You might as well put your fingers in the thing. That's not helping you. Isn't that right? It doesn't help you help somewhere else. I need help now. Jesus said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Well, no one else can be there. He is there. 
when no one else even knows you're going through it, He is with you. Not only is He a present help, He's a powerful help. There's nothing too hard for this God. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? No, there's not. Let's go a little further. He's a passionate help. Thank God He's a passionate help. If He was with me, and He had all power, but if He didn't love me, what good would it be for me? I want you to know that the heart of God is moved towards you this morning. The desire of God, the willingness of God, the love of God, the compassion of God. He's willing to forgive those that will come to Him. He's willing to comfort and mend those who will cast out their cares and burdens upon Him. The love of God is one of the greatest themes in the entire Bible. In the Old Testament, Jeremiah writes, I've loved you with an everlasting love. In the New Testament, the Gospel says, trumpet forth this wonderful truth. None better than John 3.16, for God so loved, so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Jesus doesn't have to perish, but can have eternal and everlasting life. Throughout the teachings of the Word of God, we look at the teachings of Jesus, how He stresses over and over again the love the Heavenly Father has for His children. How we're the much, much more, the apple of His eye. How He cares for birds and He cares for flowers. How much more those made in His image, those redeemed by His precious blood. He's a present help. He's a powerful help. But oh, if He didn't love us, where would we be? If He didn't care about me, or if His heart wasn't moved towards me. But oh, friend, He does, He does, He does. He loves you, and He likes you, and He's willing to work in your life if you'll work with Him. He's willing to work supernaturally in your situation if you'll call on Him and reach out to Him. The Bible says that He's a willing help, and He's aware of our need, and His love is extended towards us. He's a great love, and it's a loyal love, and it's a love that transforms us as it's poured out into our hearts. He puts our tears in a bottle. He records our struggles in a book. You never have to be timid. You never have to be ashamed to draw near to Him and pour out your heart to Him. If you can't be honest with anyone else, you can be honest with Jesus. If you're afraid to pour out your fears and your weaknesses and your faults to anyone else, you don't have to be afraid to draw near to Jesus and pour out your heart to Him. He's a compassionate, sympathetic high priest. He's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He's a passionate helper. He's one that loves us and desires to help us. And He's willing if you'll speak to Him. He's willing if you'll come to Him. He's willing if you'll draw near and get real with Him. Somebody say Amen. Oh, let there be no mistake. Our heart of our God is passionate towards men. Passionate towards you. It's the I will of heaven. I am willing says to you this morning, I'm willing. If you'll come and talk to me, I'm willing. If you'll give it to me, I'm willing. If you'll respond to me, I'm willing. One of my favorite verses from that Old Testament, it's just an encouraging verse, Isaiah 41 and verse 10. Oh, how that prophet said it's so wonderful. And we, we can see a summary of our three points that we've covered so far right here. He says, do not fear. The people of God were facing a challenge. 
It was a challenge of restoration. God had given them a promise of rebuilding and restoring. But man, when they looked at the situation, they said, even though God said it, man, it looks like too much rubble and too much stuff and too much damage. Can even God help us in this? Oh, friend, God can help you do anything. Can you say amen? God can help you restore that relationship. God can help you get your sanity back. God can help you get your heart and your faith back. He says, do not fear. Why? I'm with you. There's a present help. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. There's a powerful help. I will. I will. Here comes the passion. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. That's the sustainer. That's the lifter. That's the one that takes you when you're falling and brings you back to a secure and strong place. I will uphold you with my righteous right arm. Oh, friends, somebody, the help of our God is a present help, a powerful help, and a passionate help. Jesus loves you. Your heavenly Father desires your best. He's willing to forgive you. He's willing to mend you. He's willing to comfort and to counsel you. If you'll come to Him, if you'll call on Him, if you'll do your part, God will take care of the rest. Somebody say amen. Number three, He's not only a present help and a powerful help, not only a passionate help. Number four, God is a help. He's a peculiar help. Have you ever known that about God? (laughs) You ever notice God does things His way? Like the old preacher said, this ain't no Burger King religion. You can't have it your way all the time. Amen? You've got to have it God's way. I want us to get this because there's something in this thought. The prophet Isaiah, we're familiar with Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my way, your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Have you found that out as you walked with God? Because the ways of God, now listen, the ways of God, and this is important to know the ways of God because sometimes we can reject the help of God because we don't discern the helping hand of God. Because we don't understand the ways of God. Moses understood the ways of God. The Old Testament people just knew the acts of God. They walked with God. They saw God do things. They never knew His heart. They never knew how He walked. Some Christians get saved and live many, many years really always struggling because they never really understand the ways of the kingdom. And they never understand the goals of the Savior. But anyhow, um, as we walk with God, you'll find... His help is often unusual, uncomfortable, and unpopular. The ways of God, write that, (laughs) they are often unusual. Unusual ways of God, they help us grow and they bring glory to Him. It's unusual to fight a battle by walking around a wall. Every day and not saying, that's, that's a strange strategy. I don't know what, what war school that Joshua went to to get that one. Amen? He went to God, didn't he? Didn't he? Isn't that right? It's just, I mean, I'm saying just saying, unusual, unusual. Because he gets the glory and we get the growth. I mean, Gideon, that was an unusual. Was that not an unusual way to help him? I mean, he's overrun. He's well outnumbered. And God says, you still got too many. That is weird. That is not that. God, I thought you'd give us an increase. Instead, you're stripping us back. That's unusual. But God is developing Gideon. And God's getting all the glory from that situation. Again, how about, how about give your last bit of meal? Lord, this widow needs you to give her a miracle of provision. You want her to give it away? Unusual. God will help us in ways that are unusual. Because God is more concerned not just about getting us out of the mess, but working something 
long-lasting in our hearts. Unusual ways. Where God gets all the glory and you and I get the growth. But also uncomfortable ways. And these are the ways that God helps us where He refines us through the helping. He polishes us. He prunes us. For instance, Peter cast the net. That humbled Peter. Peter didn't agree with that. He didn't think it was the right thing to do. He didn't want to do it because he was tired. But Jesus said, cast the net. I'm going to teach you to obey me even when you don't agree with me. Even when you're tired, don't feel like it. But if you obey me, man, you'll, you'll get some, some net-breaking blessings. Amen? If you learn how to obey him. You see that? It, it's Again, it's uncomfortable. Naaman, remember General Naaman? He was dying of leprosy. And God says, I'm going to help you, but first I'm going to humble you. So instead of just having the prophet wave his hand and you be healed, I want you to go to some dirty river and dip in it seven times. Humble yourself. God says, I'm helping you, but I'm going to humble you. Because the ways of God are often uncomfortable on our pride. (laughs) On our will. Anybody? I'm glad I got the right place. Amen. Elijah, that great prophet, man, he's raising the dead. You need food, go to a poor widow. Talk about humbling thing for a man's man. Wow. Uncomfortable. God's making him into a man of honor and valor. The ways of God are unusual, uncomfortable, unpopular. God says, you want my help? I'm going to test your loyalty. I'm going to test your devotion to me. I'm going to test your commitment to my cause. You see that in the book of Daniel. Daniel, you're going to pray when they say you can't pray? You're going to stand when they say you're not supposed to stand? Amen. The early church, we must obey God rather than man. So here, here's a lesson. Don't miss God's help because it's unusual or uncomfortable or unpopular. You know how many people I've heard, can't I just worship God on the golf course? Well, not on Sunday morning you can. It's his house. It's his day. He says, get here. Worship me. Are you worshiping golf when you put him before the house of God? I don't know where that came from, but that's in the, that's, 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 take it, take it. See, see we, like, we, we, we don't like to be uncomfortable. And if God says do something, it's uncomfortable to us, we'll try to get around it. We'll abuse doctrine to get around it. But there's some things God says, do it my way. Do it my way. It's, sure, it's uncomfortable on our flesh. A lot of things are. Anyone here besides me ever had to apologize to someone? Was it, was it uncomfortable or was it uncomfortable? Come on. Amen. Did you try to get away from it? I mean, I tried. You try to rationalize it. You try to get a, is there a scripture. That, that thus saith that, yeah, loophole or something. Is there anything out there that I could avoid this humbling experience of saying, I blew it. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Should anybody? But God says, you want to be clean? Take that uncomfortable. You want my help in being clean? It's uncomfortable. It's called confessing it and turning from it. So we've got to learn this. There's many times... God wants to help us, but like unwittingly we reject the help of God because we don't understand the ways of God. We've built a theology subconsciously around feeling good. And anything that doesn't feel good, we don't think that's God. As if the one that died for us on the cross can make any demands on us. I mean, you know, I mean, let's... So our lesson, let's not miss God's help by not discerning or misunderstanding His ways. 
by failing to see his hand and his instrument. I'm going to be honest with you. Often my own preconceived ideas of how things should work out or how things should have unfolded, they become some of my biggest stumbling blocks and frustrations. It took much more time for it to finally get into my head to discern and accept God's way and God's instrument than it took God to deal with the thing once I got in line with God. Once I got in divine alignment, it's amazing how things flowed. It took much longer time for God to get it in my head and then finally in my heart. Because if I want the blessing of God, I've got to get in alignment with God. Isn't that right? God said, listen, I'm going to throw you a blessing right there, that red sign that I'm going to throw you the blessing. Go down 10 yards left. Boom, I'm going to hit you. That's the play. Ready, break. All right, there's the play. And you decide, well, I don't like to run that way. That linebacker over there always takes your head off if you're not careful. I don't want to I want to run over there. But the play's going over there. And God says, listen, here's where the play's going. That's how now if you want to get the blessing, you've got to get in line with the one that's calling the play. That make sense? God's way is peculiar. You know, last week we talked about how Jesus He sends the guys in a storm. And he sees them from the mountaintop and they're struggling. Remember that? Now, we know Jesus could have sat there from the place of prayer and just spoke the word. And everything is perfect, couldn't he? But then you know what? Peter never would have walked on the water. They never would have experienced God in the way they did. You see, there are certain things that God allows. There are certain ways God leads us. Not because he's not caring or compassionate towards us. But he wants to see us walk on the water. He wants to see us overcome some fears. He wants to see us break through some barriers and enter into new places of faith and new dimensions of walking with God. Peculiar help. We don't always recognize the working of the Lord. But he's a God that desires to help us. But as he's trying to help us, he's trying also to develop us through the process of peculiar help. And again, I think one of the uh, clearest Bible illustrations is the, the Red Sea. Remember the Red Sea? If we would have been in that crowd marching, I don't know about you, I'd say, hey, who's leading this bus? Amen. Who's leading this march? Who, who, uh, Moses, well, your, your GPS, you throw that out the window. It's leading us to a, uh, there's a Red Sea and there's a mountain and there's a desert. And last time I looked behind us, I see chariots of Pharaoh and they want to kill us. I don't know why you left us in this place of defeat. But what they didn't realize, God had led them there. It wasn't a place of defeat. It was a place of deliverance. Because God's ways are above our ways. Can you say amen? And God says, if you'll just do it my way, even when it looks like I'm not doing it right in your eyes. In the end, you will see deliverance. In the end, I will make a way even when there seems to be no way. Just follow me and flow with me and work with me. I'm a good God. I'm a faithful God. I'm a helper. I'm a defender. I'm a deliverer. But you got to do it my way. Tell someone next to you, do it God's way. kind of help is our God? He's a present help. Mm. He's a powerful help. That power touch your body right now. In the name of Jesus. Touch that heart. Touch that heart. Perfect function. Perfect function. 
In Jesus' name, Jesus, squeeze that heart. Cause it to function perfectly. Powerful help. He's a passionate help. He's a God that loves us. We've got to twist His arm. We're the much, much more. We're the, His affection. We're His children. Peculiar help. Because God, His desire is more to just get us through. Isn't that true? When, I, when I'm in a jam, I want to get through pain-free, quickly, easily. Anybody? Isn't that right? I want to hit the fast-forward button. And <laughs> I want to jump right there. But usually, I don't know about you, God often says, what's the hurry, son? While we're here, you might as well learn a little bit. While we're here, there's an area or two that we can polish. Oh, Lord. Can't we just, can't we just, no, no, son, okay. I'll learn the quicker I say, yes, Lord, the quicker I get to the other side. Amen? The more I buck and resist, and then it just, you know, he just, all right. Peculiar help. And last but not least, when we study our Bibles, our God is a help that demands our participation. Wow. God wants a response. Remember the prophetic word earlier. Not only has God died for us and shed his blood for us and rose again to deliver us, but now he calls out to us to respond to that, to, to, to believe, to act, to follow his call, to respond to what he's saying in our lives. Because God is a help. For instance, Jesus taught this principle over and over again. He demands cooperation and participation. He's our helper, but He wants us to do our part. For instance, hey, do you want to make heaven your home? Do you want assurance that your sins are forgiven? Then you have to respond to what God has done on the cross of Calvary. You've got to receive Jesus and His salvation. He's died, rose again, shed His blood. He's done it all. And he's more than willing. But if you don't respond, if you don't participate, if you don't respond and cooperate, everything he did will do you no good. We see this illustration in the scripture about other lives. Any area in your life, you need help. Remember when Jesus um, fed the multitudes? Remember that situation? And though Jesus, he had compassion, he was willing, certainly had power, we saw what he did. But he demanded, work with me. He says, what do you have? You feed him. And whenever you and I need the help of God, God's going to ask us, what do you got? What can you do? What should you be saying? We contribute to our own victory. Start with what you have. Give God what you got. And then do what he says. Oftentimes, the problem is not on God's end. I need to start doing my part. And as I start doing my part, I set things in motion. Obedience, amen? How can we say it? Let's look at it like this. If you need help this morning in a different area, it could be anything. Made as thee. Pick an area. Recognize that the way this God works to help us, we have to cooperate and participate with God. We become a contributor to our victory. We have to do our part. Ask yourself these three questions. What do I need to believe? What do I need to believe? What do I need to declare? Again, we talked about that confession earlier. There's no point in saying I need this and saying the opposite. Get in line with God. But lastly, what do I need to do? What actions do I have to take to see the hand of God really begin to work in my life? 
I need God's help in my finances. I need God's help in my health. I need God's help in my relationship. I need God's help in my career. Whatever it might be, God is a helper. and He's faithful and He's willing. But I have to recognize He demands my participation. What do I need to do? Sometimes it's easy. And I know there are certain cases when all you can do is pray. I know that. I know there's cases where sometimes all we can do is give it to God. But many times there is something we can do. Many times there's something that we should be believing, that we should be declaring, and that ultimately we should be acting on and doing. And you know that. There was multitudes to be fed. And Jesus said, you feed them. And they looked and said, are you kidding me? Lord, we got, we got, what do we got? Two slices of bread and a couple sardines. What is this among so many, right? He says, but give it to me. There'll be no miracle if you don't give me what you got. There'll be no great miracle if you don't start with what you have and give it to whatever you, what, hey, you can show up, can't you? Give that to Jesus. You, you, you can put them, you can do some, you, what can you do to get going in the things of God? Oh, my. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. And then we're going to have a great water baptism. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for justice. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Love seeing young people obey the Lord, go forward in God. That's an exciting thing. Listen, we're going to do this. I'm going to pray the prayer. And as we worship the Lord, Pastor Todd will be here if someone needs special prayer. But we're so thankful this morning that our God is a faithful helper to His people. And that no matter what we go through, He'll give us the strength and grace we need to go through it. And that's a blessing. And that's a blessing. But I want to, as we praise the Lord, let us ask God, Father, what do I need to do to participate in Your blessing? What do I need to do to cooperate with Your hand in my working in my life. And when you find that out, let's believe it. Let's speak it, but then, hey, let's act on it. And sometimes, friends, even when it's God speaking, even just little acts of obedience, little hinges can turn big doors. Just starting to do the little things that God's speaking to your heart and be consistent in that obedience, it's amazing how that little that snowball effect of blessing can come. Amen? Amen, amen. Bow your hearts. Let us pray. Father God, we want to thank you this morning that all of our days you have helped us. Before we even knew you, you were helping us and you were caring for us and you were watching over us. We thank you, Lord, that through the years you've protected and you've provided, that you've picked us up when we stumbled. You have defended our cause and you've been there when no one else was. Now, Father, help us to respond and believe, to do our part to cooperate and participate, that we might advance in you, that we might see victory and blessing in certain areas of our lives. Now, Father, I pray as we worship you. Father, you know every need and every situation. As we worship you and sing songs of praise and glory, Father, touch your people. Meet their needs as we draw near to you. Lord Jesus, draw near to us. Draw near to your people. Speak to people today. Touch hearts right now. 
If someone's come in weary, as they look to you, refresh them, revive them, restore strength, restore joy. If someone's come in and they've been feeling heavy, let your anointing just shatter that heaviness. If someone's come in hurting, right now, let them receive the healing touch of God. And for the rest of us, Lord, make known your will to us so we can follow after you. Show us, Lord, how we can get in greater alignment with you. Because we want to walk forward from faith to faith, glory to glory, victory to victory. And all God's people said, let's worship the Lord. These altars are open. Pastor Todd will be here to pray with us. Let's praise the Lord.